listening to the PWBA Podcast, a show about the current superstars and legends of the Professional Women's Bowling Association. Join Bowl TV's Jason Thomas and Aaron Smith as they bring you a collection of stories, history, and the latest happenings from the best women bowlers in the world. And happy Monday, Aaron Smith. How are you today? Doing excellent, Jason Thomas. Happy Monday, indeed. Happy Monday to all the good folks out in Bull TV land watching the PWBA podcast today. Uh, JT, your Lakers won yesterday. Congratulations on that. Thanks. Uh, it feels a little weird. Uh, like there's an asterisk next to it a little bit, but we'll take it. We're tied with the Celtics. Hey, I... <laughs> If the asterisk is for anything, it's for probably the toughest title to win ever in the history of it. Yeah. So I uh, wish that game was a little bit closer, uh, but uh, regardless. I'm glad, it was, I'm glad it wasn't close. I don't like the close ones. You don't like the close ones? I it's, didn't like game five at all. Well, yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but, but, yes, uh, quite a game, quite a series. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And there's bowling in the air right now. Too. League bowling is back. Uh, PBA playoffs going. A lot of fun watching that show last night. Uh, bowling, bowling everywhere. Bowling everywhere, indeed. And uh, let's talk bowling, JT, with our uh, guest today. Uh, she's bowled for Mexico. She's won a handful of medals in international competition and uh, has two seasons under her belt on the PWBA tour. Uh, without any further ado, let's welcome in Pamela Alvarez to the show. Hello there. Thanks for Hello. having me. Hello. <laughs> and that is the, the, the way to pronounce your name, right? Pamela. Pamela, correct. Yes, that... It doesn't bother me, uh, to be honest. I think I get used to it, but that's well, the correct way here. Pamela. There should be a rule. Everyone named Pamela should be called Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just makes life so much more interesting. Yes, yes. <laughs> Sometimes people say that, oh, I like how it sounds like better, like Pamela instead of Pamela. And I'm like, well, that's how I pronounce my name, but it's fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. That's awesome. So uh, how is life treating you uh, since since the pandemic? So far, so good. I think it's just it's getting better. Oh, probably I will say just fake until you make it. It's going crazy. It's going crazy, but it's good. It's good. I mean, I say crazy because, of course, I'm not bowling. Tour is canceled, but I'm still bowling a couple sweeper tournaments. So I'm just trying to make it fun. I was going to ask about that. Uh, have seen you post, uh, you know, some practice sessions and everything going on with that. But, uh, you know, I you mentioned getting the ball a few sweepers. How long uh, did you have to take off uh, once the pandemic started? Uh, and kind of, you know, what was that time off like for you and getting back into it? Well, it was kind of complicated because I was probably, uh, I think I stopped bowling for almost three months. They opened the bowling centers for like two weeks and then they shut again for another month. So it was like, I couldn't get, of course, the rhythm back because after two weeks, you can't gain much timing on the lanes. But right now the bowling stairs are open. So it's, it's I think they're allowed only like 30% of uh, capacity, but they still open. 
so yeah, I'm just pulling a couple slippers uh, just to, you know, be active. But it was kind of hard. It was really hard. I think for everyone it was. But, you know, when they opened, I was so excited. And then they shut down again for extra two weeks. And I'm like, come on, seriously. But, you know, life's life. What was the reason for it? Was there a, a hot spot near? A hot where? spot again, yeah. yes. So the government was like, oh, I think we're going high again. So we need to uh, shut down all the community areas and more places, buildings. So basically that was it. That was the reason. So it has have um, the, the bowling centers in your area, everybody's kind of back to normal now or is it? Uh, no, we only have one. And it's oh, okay. a small center. It's uh, I think it has some more like entertainment uh style. Yeah. Don't, uh, they have twelve lanes, okay. but it's, uh, it's surrounded by a lot of uh, you know, those machines like for kids, like how you call this, like arcade. Yeah, arcade games. Yeah. Arcade yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, you know, it's not much like a competition bowling center. But I mean, it works. It's something. Uh, so, can you imagine, like thirty percent of of capacity for a twelve lanes? So, yeah, that's that's, that's hard stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you have you left uh, Mexico since you uh, since the pandemic started? No, I haven't. Actually, I live really close to the border uh, borderline. I think I have San Diego, like an hour driving. Yeah, but, uh, they're closed. Uh, the border line is closed, so you can't. I, the only way to go to the states it will be flying, but I haven't mm. haven't left my country. Do you do you have dual citizenship? I know in in some of the past results you had San Diego listed as your hometown. So have you have you spent time living in both in both countries? I used to live in San Diego when I was studying college because uh, I did my internship there. Even though I was studying in Mexico, I was crossing the border every day to go to oh, wow. do my internship. So I used to be around the area a lot, but I don't have a dual citizenship. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a lot of questions, personal questions, okay. Aaron. Uh, do, you to, do you want me to fire in? I know you've got a lot of bowling related questions. Of course. But, uh, but, yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's go with yours, JT. Uh, okay. All right. Cool. So I, I, know that you started bowling when you were very young and you're from Ensenada. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bowled a, a professional tournament in Ensenada and it was um, a really great tournament organization. A lot of really, really top level bowlers. I'm sure you'd know some of the names if I were to rattle them off and name drop and mm-hmm. uh, all that good stuff. But uh, it was the the most difficult uh, conditions I've ever bowled on in a professional tournament. I think one person shot plus in qualifying for 12 games. And I think maybe two people ended up averaging 200 for the whole tournament. Um, wow. But I, I would imagine you, you grew up bowling in that center. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember they were very difficult. Uh, was that something you remember bowling growing up on very difficult lane conditions? Yes, for sure. Uh, the name of the center is Bahia Bowling Center. Okay. That's the the name. I think the, I don't know, that area of the town is, is Bahia, Bahia Center or something. So they were like, those lanes were hard. They were, they were, <laughs> yes, they were. Wood conditions. <laughs> they were so complicated. I grew up in that bowling center. It's closed 
sadly it's closed already uh i think they closed early 2000 like 2003 okay. 2002 for something around but yeah they were hard they were really hard i mean I don't know. I like to hear that you were here, though. That was yeah. that's awesome. It was one <laughs> of the funnest events ever. Uh, but yeah, b because the, the the beer company in town sponsored the event, so that, that <laughs> okay. made it made it pretty enjoyable. But uh, <laughs> but I I was curious because I know you were on the national team starting at age of fourteen, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, well, I started bowling when I was really really young, like you mentioned. I was. Four years, four or five years old. Yeah, that's and young. then mm -hmm, I <laughs> have my first national competition when I was twelve. No, I was nine. I won the first national event when oh, I was wow. twelve, and then I jumped to the youth, the, the Mexican youth team when I was fourteen. Okay. So it's been a really cool journey. How does how is it structured there? Like how how do you how do you uh, get to bowl in the national tournament? You know, do you have regional tournaments that everybody goes to, or is it just like one place that everybody goes to to bowl against each other, kind of like junior gold? Okay, well, Mexico is divided uh, in states, just like uh, you guys do. So I represent my state is called Baja California. So I represent my state, and then we go to nationals. But nationals, uh, we bowl singles, doubles, and teams. Okay. So the the all events results will take you to like the top six or depends the format, top six or top ten, top twelve make uh, Team Mexico. But of course, they take uh, your age also. Uh, for example, if you are fifteen and you make team the national the adult team like they prefer to put you in youth divisions so that's why when i was 14 and i won uh, nationals in the youth division they put me in the, i think gotcha. i was under 15 gotcha. on the team was baja yeah. california one of the top states in it in, is it is okay nationally mm -hmm, it is we have really good level because we live really close to the border so a lot of kids uh, have the opportunity to go to the states and bowl there and Ball tournaments or practice or get some coaching. Uh, for example, Mark Baker has uh, he, yeah. he comes a lot to the San Diego area. Yeah, yeah. So that's why my state has a really good level in bowling. Gotcha. They bowl JATs and other tournaments yes. like that. Yes, yeah. For example. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you do you work with any coaches here in the U.S. or do you do you just your coach mostly by the national team? Uh, bo both, but actually my coach is in Calexico, uh, California. So his name is Fred Curtis, and I go there and practice with him. So yeah, basically when I was when the tour was on, I was traveling a lot to California to practice there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Aaron, you, you want to jump in? I got I got plenty more questions. <laughs> oh, your yeah. lights went out again. Yes, this is a, a common theme. All right. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to pay that electric bill. I, I know, <laughs> right? We've got Chris and Bo back here not, uh, not paying their bills. So uh, <laughs> lights go off. But uh, Pamela, you know, looking, um, you, you, we, we've seen you at a handful of events in 2018, 2019. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious, what was your schedule kind of looking like for 2020 uh, prior to the pandemic as far as the PWBA tour? How many events were you looking to bowl? Uh, and, you know, what, what were kind of your goals heading into the season before, obviously, it got uh, unfortunately canceled? 
Mm-hmm. I was going to bowl the full season, actually. Plus, I, I got invited to this, this promotion bowling tour in France, which I was in the roster. So I was planning to go to France also uh, on September, last September. It happened in September. So it was going to be a pretty busy year for me, uh, the PWA Tour plus France. But, you know, things happen. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, I was, I was actually going to bowl the full, the full tour, the whole season. Is that is this going to be the first time you bowled the full, the full tour? Uh, no. I th- Oh, first year I bowled the whole tour. Okay. Second year I didn't because I injured my hand. I had this uh, ten, tendinitis. Is that how you Tendinitis, yeah. Tendinitis. Yeah. Um, well, I, it, could, it could be tendinitis maybe in... But that, that sounds like a Mexican food, right? It sounds you, like, would you like the tendinitas or the carnitas? <laughs> it actually sounds like Mexican food. Well, my bad. I had that. And so I had to stop. At, I think last year I didn't bowl the first four or three tournaments. Yeah, because Queens was my first tournament. So that's the fourth on the schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had to uh kind of jump until the fourth tournament because I wasn't ready. I think I injured my hand at the beginning of March. So I had no time to recover because this injuries, like they get a little bit like tricky because you have to uh, wait a lot and not move uh, yeah. your wrist and medication. And of course, some exercises in order to strengthen your hand. So it was really complicated. Like I knew when I injured, I was like, I'm not going to get ready because I used to it. Like I used to have that. I think I injured the same like a couple of years ago, like four years ago. But, you know, I tried to to recover and get ready for Queens. So basically that was the reason why I didn't bowl the whole season last year because I, you know, I was yeah. injured. But this year, 2020, I was planning on bowling the whole the whole tour. Has the the time off helped your, uh, your wrist? Yes, it definitely helped. Uh, but when I bowl queens, uh, I used the, the wrist brace. I used to uh, wear the wrist brace, and I couldn't get, like, super, uh, like, how you call this? Cup. 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 Yeah. It's, like, it was really painful, like, stale painful. So I was, you know, all the pr- pretty much all the time straight, but I, I try to make it work. But that's not your A game. You're typically a little bit more like to hook it a little more right yes yes yeah. definitely but yeah. you know things work good so it's fine <laughs> nice now when you were competing last year uh you know working through the injury uh did you ever feel like you were at 100 percent, or was it kind of just always trying to feel a little bit better each time out yes definitely of course i knew i wasn't going to uh be 100 percent ready and of course, uh, that affected mentally because, you know, I was thinking a lot on my wrist and or I was trying to find answers, uh, bowling with my straight hands. I was trying to find the right, the correct lane. But sometimes if you're not on track, it's complicated to get those high scores that you can't bowl in a completely different area. Like it gets more complicated to find the perfect spot or the perfect reaction, ball reaction. So I knew I wasn't going to be a hundred percent, but I wanted a ball. I wanted to give myself a chance. So that's pretty much why I went. Of course I had to discuss with my doctor back home. And if he said, you're not ready or you're, 
you're just going to injure your, uh, your hand more. Mm -hmm. uh, but he was like, okay, just try to be, try to be really disciplined. Ice after bowling, stretching, take your, your, your medicine. And in order to, you know, to, to make your wrist last longer. So that's basically what I did. Uh, I was really disciplined because I was falling with an injured. But I tried to enjoy also the time there because, you know, as a foreign a bowler, you you make a lot of sacrifices. So I was, you know, I was going to, okay, the injury is here. It's not going anywhere. It's getting better for sure because you're being disciplined. You're doing what you can do. Let's just enjoy and try to, to bowl your best. But of course, I mean, I wasn't 100%, but it was it was fun. It was a tournament that I enjoy. I've never, never bowled injured in a long time. Never, never really happened. So it was it was good. I think I missed the cut for like 45 pins. So, yeah. I mean, you know, looking at your stats, you, you've been a very consistent casher. You've had, a, you know, some, some high finishes. You've had a you know, chance to make some shows uh, here and there. But based on know, now knowing your, your kind of past injury history, has, has your time on tour been a little disappointing or maybe even thought like, hey, I, I should be doing better than this? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, uh, as I say, I, am, I try to be positive. You know, I try to to rescue the good things on everything. But, of course, I wanted this year. I wanted it so bad because I wanted to get things. I wanted to get better results. You know, you're always, as an athlete, you're always looking for better and better and better results. But, you know, things happen for a reason. And the only thing that you have to do is continue practicing, continue pushing, and write it down on your goals and looking forward for next year. Okay. And uh, have, you, have there been uh, things in particular in your game that you've been working on, you know, in, in anticipation of going back out on tour? Um, and, and if so, what, what, what are those things? Uh, my release. I'm trying to be smoother. I try to be uh, really hard and grabby sometimes because back in the day, I, I, wasn't, I didn't wear the, the wrist race. But yeah. I think I started wearing them maybe five years from now back. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, like I tend to go like I used to, you know, hit it. But, you know, with the race race, you don't have to. You don't have to, like, pull it or be yeah. happy. So I'm trying now that I'm not wearing it anymore, I'm just I'm continuing practicing being smoother um, on my release. Is so that that's what I'm doing. Is that because of the way the conditions play on tour? You think that'll help? Because uh, they tend to be a little more difficult, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Plus, I mean, I grew up on wood lanes. So, uh, you know, Troy Hart was the yeah. first option yeah, yeah. back in the day. So, yeah. I don't know. I think that's pretty much my A game, I guess, or my back to school. That was it. So I don't know, like I'm, unconsciously I just do it, but I've been practicing on trying to be smoother. Plus, because of course I had the recent uh, injury, so I can put on much pressure my, my wrist. So that's pretty much what I've been working on on the lanes. Yeah. Do you prefer the lanes to be tougher? Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I like them to be tougher. I don't know. I think it just... You know, it helps me to 
to get better. And, you know, the experiences are better when you bowl in tough lanes and tough conditions. Are you, do you consider yourself someone who's a good grinder, you know, good spare shooter, good mentally, um, or somebody that can throw a lot of strikes when you get something you like? Grinder for sure. Oh, oh, and of course, if I need strikes, I will just go and, and strike. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think I consider myself like uh, a little bit of everything. That's what makes a, a good bowler. Now, of course, for shooting, you need to be grinder. You need to strike when you have to strike. That's what makes you better. All right. So let's let's jump off of the bowling for a second. Sure. So I, in my in my extensive research that I did 15 minutes before the show started, okay. uh, I I went to one of your uh, social media accounts. I noticed that you are a brand ambassador for a skincare company. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. is that, what is that about? That's crazy. It's crazy. When when they approached me, I was like, me? Like, you know, I'm an athlete. Like, it's not like I'm always wearing makeup or, you know, the hair and all that <laughs> stuff. Like, not really. I'm always sweating on the gym, bowling centers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> when they approached me, I was like, I didn't, like, I, I remember I received this uh, direct uh, message. And I was like, Maybe that's just a random brand, you know, some a scam yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, like a thing scam or something. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would definitely be that if I got that. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but then they were they were asking me for my phone and they contacted me and I kind of like I had this Zoom meeting that happened like three years ago. I've been with with them for almost three years, and yeah, pretty much they have like a, a makeup and and hair products and eyelashes grower whatever like i don't know it's 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 been fun because i this i I guess i discovered my other female and feminine uh side of me i guess um but yeah it's been it's been really cool they and you know they helping me they helped me a lot with my bowling career and everything so it's it's cool yeah what's the name of the company it's called uh, in Spanish is the Cebelleza. It's like uh, Beauty DS or something. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I saw some pictures. Uh, they were. I mean, I can see why they picked you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 It's it, it's fun. It's very fun doing those photo shoots. Uh, for them, it's it's different. You know, you're not posing with the bowling ball. You're being like all glamorous, but. I don't know. It's it's fun. That's cool. We'll have to we'll have to feature some of that, you know, on when you uh, when you're out there on tour next year. Or get 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 people a little bit more aware of what's going on with the. We have a we have a uh, a makeup model as part of the tour. Uh, so yeah, definitely have to work I, I, that in. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think I will call myself a model. I'm five one. So wow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's 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 cool to be a part of, of something like that. It's awesome. Really cool. mm-hmm. Awesome. Absolutely. Now, Pamela, uh, you know, and kind of looking at uh, some of the notes that uh, you've submitted to us over the years, you said one of your biggest moments on the lanes uh, was going back to 2017 at the World Women's Championships in Las Vegas, uh, making the top 24 for uh, all events, getting to compete in the Masters portion of the event. Uh, you know, that, that, that event's, you know, the pinnacle for many folks on – uh, you know, across the globe. It's such a big event, um, bowling for world championships. 
you know, for you, uh, with that coming in 2017, was that performance kind of a, uh, and did that push you to, toward the PWBA in 2018? Uh, just kind of talk us through that timeline of having that great event and then, uh, you know, moving on to the tour the next year. Yes, for sure. It, it definitely was a huge part of, of why I took the decision to join the PWBA. Uh, actually, that, that world championship was one of the toughest in a long, long time. I remember everyone was talking about how hard the conditions were. But for me, I was, you know, I think I was, you know, matching the lanes so good, so well. I was falling really, really good that I didn't really uh think that they were that hard like my teammates or other boulders were talking about of course that was uh definitely uh the main reason why i joined uh because it was vegas so most of the brand uh staffers were there in 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 vegas uh cecil from vice was there and he kind of like gave me my first uh professional contract so shout them to them. Uh, that was my first uh, professional contract. So it kind of like, like it gave me an idea that I was, you know, I was like, okay, I think I can, I can try and I can bowl good. I think I can, I can make it. You know, let's. I'm, I want to give myself a chance to bowl professionally. So I remember I went. Uh, so I signed. So I'm gonna tell this funny story. Okay. So when I signed uh, that uh, that contract, I didn't read that it says that I had to bowl uh, this uh, big percentage of stops for next year. Like I didn't, I didn't read that part. I was so excited that I just signed. <laughs> so when I went home and and they sent me the contract on my email, I read and I was like, I need to bowl like. 80 or 70 percent of tour so i was like how am i go going to tell my dad that he needs to help me to pull tour <laughs> so when i was like thinking i was mom you need to help me i need to talk to my dad because i want to ball that's so cool like my mom was like okay just talk to him so I went to my dad and I was like, remember that contract that I signed? And he was like, yeah, yeah, for sure. What happened? Well, guess what? I need to bowl a lot of stops for next year. And my dad was like, sure. Like he was so excited. I remember I didn't I didn't tell him for like three or four year four days because I didn't know how to approach him. And at the end, he was like, yeah, Paul, he was so, so excited. And I was like, seriously, I should have just told him like at the at the exact moment that I signed, and so yeah, I ended up bowling because of uh, my really good results on on the channel. Yeah, I, I have a speaking from experience of someone who has a daughter. Daughters should never underestimate their ability to manipulate their, their fathers. <laughs> uh, we will pretty much That's do true. whatever you ask. <laughs> yeah, but my dad, my, my dad was also like, okay, it's going to be a professional tour. Like you need to prepare. Like it's not like uh, team Mexico that you only bowl two or three uh, tournaments per year. So I had to like organize uh, my team work, like my my trainer, my bowling, my bowling coach, everything in order to plan what was going to be the strategy for next year in order to have good results. So that was when, okay, I tried to to plan and put every piece in order to have a really good results of the following year. 
So it was exciting. Of course, it was exciting at the moment. But once you start working, you realize like this is a, going to be a professional level. Like you have to give a hundred percent of your dedication of everything. So, but it was it, it was a really uh, cool process and still a really cool process. Now, now when you oh go ahead, Andrew. Or go ahead, Eric. Andrew. Uh, I don't know who yes. Andrew. Is. <laughs> That's, look like an um, now, now, when you made the decision to go out on tour, um, you know, who are some of the folks you kind of relied on to kind of provide information to kind of learn a little bit more about the week to week, you know, bowling for Team Mexico, obviously, uh, Sandra's out here every week. Uh, I'm sure you've got to meet a lot of these bowlers prior to through uh, PAPCON events and world bowling events and all that. So who are the folks you kind of leaned on to kind of help prepare you for that first year out there? Of course, Sandra uh, Gongora was one. Uh, she she was my teammate when I was in Team Mexico. So of course I, I approached her and asked her and she gave me a lot of tips. She was, she's still really nice to me and, and, and all that. But of course my teammate, Rocio Restrepo, uh, I know her since, you know, a long time. So she has helped me a lot too, and still helped me. We're still in contact. So yeah, pretty much uh, Rocio and Sandra were the ones that, that helped me. Did you? I'm sure you had a lot of you know battles growing up with with Sandra, with uh, you know for national team and other other tournaments in many. Well, just well, she's older than me, so yeah, <laughs> she's been, a couple of years. A couple of years, just. Yeah, yeah, not, not much. So we didn't grow <laughs> much like yeah. on youth divisions. Uh, when I jumped to the uh, to bowl nationals, yes, yeah. and I only bowl nationals with her maybe four five years. So I was pretty much an, an adult. I was 22, 21, 22, 23. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I watched her growing up for sure. I watched her. She was in another uh, division. But of course, I watched her. She's a superstar here in, in Mexico. She rolls it really good. But, you know, competing against each other, we didn't have a lot of a lot of competitions. Okay. Didn't have a lot of tournaments. Plus, she doesn't have a makeup deal like you do. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> She's the superstar, but she doesn't have the makeup deal. <laughs> there are a lot of other great players from Mexico that that haven't For even sure. tried. Who are some of the other For players sure. that you know we should look for out we, in the United have- States? Yeah, that's actually that you mentioned that. That's one of my goals. I'll say, like, I would like to. Uh, see more Latin girls bowling on tour. Like I want to n- n- make them know that it is possible to be on tour because there's a lot of talent and not just from Mexico, like from a lot of other Latin countries. But from my country, I will say Aceret Seter. She's a really, really good bowler. We have Ileana Lomeli also. She's a phenomenal bowler. We have a lot of talent. We, we do. We do have a lot of talent. So I wish I could uh, see them bowling on, on tour anytime soon. Yeah. What, what do you think is the reason we haven't seen as, as many come out? And, I mean, we see a few at the Queens, um, but yeah, it's not like a, a full-time thing. It, it, it doesn't seem. What, what's, what's holding that back? I think is sadly it will be money related because I have the advantage of living really close to the borderline. So I can just 
go to San Diego and take a national flight. But for them, they live uh, more to the south of the country. So they literally have to take an international flight. Gotcha. So I will say it's more about uh, money and, and how they administrate the whole tour. But hopefully, I don't know, uh, they find the way because it's totally worth it. It's totally worth it while on tour. Do you think with the pandemic and what's going on with airlines, do you think that would maybe be a possibility uh, in the near future with possibly some some flights? Hopefully, hopefully, bit? yes. Hopefully, yes. I mean, if you look at the flights uh, with time, it's easier for you to plan everything. So, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, definitely. Latins and spicy boulders on the <laughs> You know, a lot of passion and... and Fun to see. Is that is that a true thing? Are 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 Latins more spicy and more fiery? Is that is that like a real? I, I, I don't know. I, you tell me. You're yeah, the one well, that wants yeah. I mean, it seems like a stereotypical thing to say, but I mean, <laughs> you, you know, speaking from from you know a, a person of the of the uh, you know nationality, I think you could you could you could comment on it a little bit I, know, I, more I, safely I, than I could. I think. Uh, I think we're more like a smiley and like, yeah, like spice, like, I don't know. Because, I, I, I mean, I'm not saying that we're the only passionate bowler. That, <laughs> that's not true. But we're more like, how you say, flirtatious? Like, we're, we smile and we have yeah. you I don't know. Like, okay. we're dynamic on the lanes. Okay, okay. On. We'll go with it. We'll go. I, mean, <laughs> I mean, obviously, Rocio is, is pretty fiery. See? I mean, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know, I know oh, she's, she's, yeah, she's, she's you know she's got a little bit of a poker face sometimes. sometimes. Uh, but it when depends she, on me. Yeah, I mean, I know she gets fiery when you have you know private conversations with her. Uh but you know, when she's bowling, she seems, you know, a little she, she, she when when she needs a strike and she gets it, she'll let you know. But uh it seems like, you know. She's she's pretty poker faced up until that point. Maybe that's just you know her her strategy. Maybe I maybe I don't know. And it works, so let her be because she's really good. <laughs> so yeah, when you're on TV, are you gonna be fiery? You're gonna be getting in. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> uh, well, uh, so I, uh, one of my secret questions was. Um, you talked about sushi being your favorite food and you talked about in our little pre before the show about um, fish tacos, where do fish tacos come from? Right. Well, um, that's true. So tell, tell the world, where do they come from? Fish tacos come from my hometown. We are, <laughs> <laughs> we created and we invented the fish tacos. So of course, uh, there's a lot of fish tacos places here, but I, I also enjoy sushi. I mean, who doesn't love sushi? Yeah, right. Sushi is one of my favorite, favorite foods. But yeah, fish tacos. I actually have, I, I actually, one of my designs, because here's another thing about me that I, I like to use this platform to show uh, my cultural, Mexican cultural uh, designs. So for example, I have this jersey uh, from Dia de los Muertos. 
that it's a Mexican tradition. Right. I like to have the schools and, and all that. And But I also uh, designed this uh, fish tacos jersey that <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but it's really cool. It's really cool um, because I have also a whale because I, re- I live really close to the ocean. So I have a big whale on my back and I have this uh, signs that says Ensenada, like the arrows, like when you go, like when you drive Ensenada and, and fish tacos and, and all that. So it's, it's really cool. I, I, I don't know. I like to, to show my cultural and, and Mexican yeah. traditions. Yeah. Um, like growing up in California, we knew all about fish tacos and it was, okay. yeah, I mean, it was a big thing in San Diego. Uh, so it, it had by by the time you know I was yeah it, it had moved up you know into but who in the country you know all your traveling in the U.S. has the best Mexican food? Good question. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? I kind of miss going to. A- I miss uh, being on tour because uh, we always eat at the same places. So I have never tried Mexican food. Okay. But I'll say uh, Texas is good. Okay. Maybe because there's a lot of uh, Mexicans in the area. Yeah. Uh, Texas has uh, really good Mexican food. So if you ask me in my, and I need to answer, I'll say Texas. <laughs> okay. I know a lot of Texans that will be happy about that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, we got a few places around here. Old. When you swing on by, we'll take you to a few. JT and I oh, for sure. Yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's a, there's a couple great ones uh, in our in our Arlington area here. I think they're great, uh, and I I think I'm a good judge of of Mexican cuisine. Just growing what, up in what, California. What dish do you typical uh, typically choose? Oh, that's a, that's a hard question. I mean, I like so many different ones. Ah. Uh, Spicy uh, ones, not really. yeah. I like spicy, really? yeah. I do. Um, yeah, there, I, I'm starting to get hungry just thinking about it. And I'm on this diet, so stop it, stop making me think about it. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't mention enchiladas. Oh, enchiladas are good. You talked about designs that you'd like to make, and you talked a little bit before the show started that you, you've you've developed an interest in painting. Mm-hmm. So what, what, uh, what's that all about? And like, how serious are you about it? And how good are you? And not, not, I'm not good at it for sure. But I don't know, this uh, quarantine made me discover talents that I didn't know I was good at it, I guess, or that I enjoyed doing it. And so my dad, he used to paint as a hobby. Uh, landscapes uh, yeah so I kind of you know I grew up watching him doing it but I never really had the time I guess because I was so focused on bowling so I never I was like oh that's cool that but I never really asked like can you have like can you teach me but this current time I don't know like I just started doing it because I was tired of doing a lot of puzzles I was like I need to do something else <laughs> Netflix I finished everything like come on no i need to do something productive so i started painting and but it's pretty much a hobby it helps me with stress you know when you're not in the good day or whatever it just helps me to go through through the day i guess okay so it's pretty much a hobby 
So do you have like paintings that you put out on social media and stuff or do you show anybody your painting? Uh, not really, but I, I should I should do that, right? I yeah, that. absolutely. I know I haven't, I haven't shown my, my paintings on social media. Okay. But you, but maybe you'll you'll have like one featured on a jersey next year, something like that. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's a good idea. I like okay. that. Yeah, probably. Awesome. Exactly. Now, you, do you do landscapes or do you do? Um, you mentioned skulls. Are you? Uh, you said, oh no 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 no! Uh, yeah. I paint landscapes. When okay. I mentioned skulls, it was because of the Dia de los Muertos. My designs on my jerseys. But okay. I didn't paint, like, I just designed uh, the Dia de los, los, los Muertos jersey because I, I don't know, I, yeah. I, I like it. But just because of the tradition on my jerseys, not that I paint skulls. Tell people more about what that is, Day of the Dead, right? The Day of the Dead, uh-huh. Yeah. So basically, we celebrate, we celebrate life or the dead. Like, you know, when we have this... Uh, tradition that when a person dies it's not gone it's it's, 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 it's a way to celebrate that some somehow they're still together yeah. so it's a really really uh beauty it's a, it's a pretty traditional tradition so I, I like it i like it yeah it's very have, have you seen the movie coco mm -hmm, for sure yeah. yes Did you like that movie was it yes. good? Yeah, yeah. It is pretty good. I liked I it. Yeah. Same. And that was that was what that movie was about, really, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everybody should go see the movie Coco. It's For really, sure. Yeah, yes. Really good. Really good. Uh mm -hmm. so you also mentioned uh, in, in your bio that one of your hobbies is dancing. Mm-hmm. So are how how like, what are we talking? Are you good at dancing? Or is it, is it like, are you like professional or is it just something you like to do for fun? Just uh, for fun. Just for do you know, fun. like, do you know, like specific dances and dance steps and dance moves and stuff? I, I think I'm just, uh, if you play a song, I will just, I will just dance. Like it's, it's, it's an easy thing on me, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I don't okay. know. It's just for fun. Like I, I like to have a good time and just go dancing. Okay. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite kind of music to dance to? Uh, in, in Latin America, we call it reggaeton. So it's very flavory and, and yeah. dancing, catchy songs. So I will say that. I will say that. That's awesome. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. I wish I yeah, could dance. I'm just the worst dancer. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you don't want to tell. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. I'm kind of introverted, so uh, it's not something. I'm not. I'm not good at doing bad things in front of a lot of people. Things that I'm bad at in front of a lot of people. Okay. <laughs> not that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I. Anyway, good for you that you're able to do that. <laughs> hey, I'm hearing plenty of opportunities on tour next season for this all come together. And yeah. All this. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I, I'm ready. I'm, I think I'm ready to sing. I think I'm ready to sing in public. Uh, I'm not, yeah. I'm not okay. sure about dancing yet, but singing uh, I'm getting close, but okay. yeah. 
Yeah, that's karaoke is a, a fun. Yes, you do you like karaoke? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I don't sing. No, mm -mm. no, no, okay. no, no, no. All right, I'll, I'll <laughs> sing and you can dance to it. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll be the background dancer. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So as we do this this deep dive into your kind of background and hobbies, uh, one other thing from your bio sheet, you list uh, Formula One racing as yes. uh, something you enjoy to watch. And mm -hmm. uh, so tell us a little bit about that. Well, I my dad is uh, he's the one that's been following for a long time. So like it's kind of like a bonding moment between my dad and I. We actually set alarms to watch the race like four or three in the morning. Uh, it's really fun. I've been learning a lot. I'm still learning, but I like it. I, I like uh, for a Formula Formula One. What is it you like about it? I don't. I don't know. I think I like the emotion. I I, I don't know. I like speed, uh, the emotion of the race, and the way that the drivers celebrate with the champagne and everything. Yeah. It's just it's fun, and I've been learning about. Uh, my dad, he's always mentioned like, oh, he's going to go to the pit. Uh, he's going to switch uh, uh, wheels. No, how you call it? Tires. Uh, no, tires yeah. for soft tires, hard tires, medium tires. And, you know, I've been learning yeah. a lot. Like, why do they uh, switch tires? Oh, because of the friction and all this. So, I don't know. It's really dynamic and I've been learning. Yeah, I guess so like bowling fun. balls. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Have you ever been to a race in person and heard the... No, oh, never, never. Wow, that's that we got it. Yeah, sure. I mean, I you know the tour championship we've done at a NASCAR race, which is mm -hmm. you know has some similarities to to Formula One racing, but the cars are just so loud. It's it's yes. it's just a amazing. Aaron, what do you, you know? You 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 got kind of first taste of it. I I did. I I, I grew up in Indiana, so I'm very familiar with uh, stock car racing. Uh, so okay. I, so I, I grew up watching, um, you know, stock car, NASCAR, quite a bit growing up. So I, I, that's definitely loud, but I could not imagine Formula One. The, yes. Those, those are whole that. different types of machines. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the movie Ford versus Ferrari? No. Oh, you, no, you got to watch that. that. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. great. You and your dad would love that movie. Is it, in, uh, is it Netflix or just? Uh, I think it's on like Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Hulu. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll get to the binge watch What's stuff the name again of the... eventually, but uh, Ford versus Ferrari. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's uh, Matt oh, Damon and Christian Bale. And uh, Christian Bale plays uh, a, a race car driver, and Matt Damon plays the man who invented <clears throat> the uh, Ford Shelby GT Mustang, and he used to be a driver. Uh -huh. And so it's it's uh, about the, uh, the Le Mans race um, of 1960. Seven or sixty-nine. I think right around there. Yeah. 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 But it's great. You, you and your dad would absolutely love it. Okay, for sure. Yeah. I will add it to the list. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of movies and series that I have to and watch. And painting and 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 dancing and all the other things that you've got <laughs> going on. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> now we'll we'll take it back to bowling for a quick second here. Um, mm -hmm. You know. So you mentioned uh, two seasons out on tour, 2019, uh, you know, you're fighting injuries, but, uh, you know, kind of, kind of come down the stretch of the season, making a few cuts at the elite events. Uh, I actually did an interview with you in Minnesota. We had a nice little story kind of on your learning about the tour in season one. 
Uh, you know, what, what have been some of the biggest learning curves for you in your time out on tour? Uh, you know, just type of adjustments, uh, you know, what, what have been kind of the, the toughest things for you to overcome and the things you feel you've had to work on to, you know, take your game to the next level? Uh, I would say that uh, I learned that I have to observe more. You need to be more, uh, you need to observe the, how the ball goes down the lane in order to make good decisions for the next shot. You know, you have you have to always be one step forward. So you have to be a lot of patient, uh, you know, with yourself and not be hard on yourself also helps a lot. And of course, first shooting, that's something that we, we always have to get better. Mm-hmm. But there is always something that you that you have to improve or that you need to improve. So I will say that I will say that try to read the lanes in, in a better way or quicker in order to, to have uh, to make decisions um, quicker and, and more um you know, correct, you know, the, the correct yeah. adjustments. So. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the really good younger players like yourself that have not been out on tour, you know, for as long seem like, it seems like that's what they say. They don't say, Hey, I need to work on my physical game. It's always more like, Hey, I need to understand how to make the moves a little faster. Yes. yes for uh, sure. And, and are, are there any players in particular that you find yourself kind of trying to learn from, you know, either because of the way you throw the ball or just because, you know, you kind of, you kind of admire the way that they are always, you know, basically owning the pocket and and staying ahead of the moves. Yeah. I think I, I follow and I like to see a lot of bowlers and try to find something that will help me from them. Uh, For example, I like, uh, I like Rocio Restrepo that she always tries to, to I don't know, something that I like about her is that she always tries to find a way that it can, she can be bowling on the other side of the lane, but she makes it work and she, and, you know, she's really good at it. Um, of course, uh, Daniel McEwen, uh, she's really good at, you know, she has a lot of, uh, how you say like she throws the pocket a lot like you know she's always there 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 and yeah she and if she if if she needs to throw six she's gonna throw six the whole night and that's something that i like from her so i don't know i like particular things from a lot a lot of boulders that's something that that i that i've been i've been learning not try to pick something that you need to get you need to do go back home practice get better and and, you know, and you will see better results. Are you a player that likes to look for more room to miss? Or are you more of a shot maker who just feels like you can make it work and you just want to get kind of in the right place? I know Rocio seems to be like, uh, uh, she's a great grinder, but she's also looking for something that nobody else has. And then when mm-hmm. she finds it, she wins. I think that's why she's won so much on tour. Yeah. Is that kind of your mentality? Or are you more of just, you know, I'm going to play where everybody else plays and I'll just make better shots? Uh, probably I will say that I don't have the experience that she has, so I will definitely go for the first options. So I will try to to see where everyone is playing, and just try to to stay to my A game and make good shots, and you know start from there. And of course, if my ball reps said something, I'm always open 
for some adjustments, for some changes. But I will say that I still need to learn more in order to create my own track and my yeah. own part of the lane. Right, right, right. Are there anything that you're working on? Is, is there anything that you're working on in your physical game to try to add some different tricks to what you can do? Hand positions, of course, because I, as I say, uh, I was using the wrist race along like five years. So I need to practice a lot of hand positions. I need to practice them in order to, to when I go to a competition and I need something, I don't feel afraid to do it because I practice it at home. I kind of right. know how to do it. So I'll say that like you need to, if you combine bowling balls with uh, hand positions, you know, you're, you're above most yeah. of the bowlers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they always say, don't, don't ever, you know, in league, don't ever use, you know, a shot that you're, that you've never practiced before. Right. Oh yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's why I say if I have to do it, I'm not going to feel afraid during competition because I practiced it before. Like I'm right. not going to try something new yeah. during competition. Yeah, it's not a good idea to try something you've never tried before when you're bowling against mm -hmm. Kelly Kulik and Shannon O'Keefe and Liz Johnson. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I've got a lot more personal questions, Aaron. If okay, want, if go, we go, want to go, go there, uh, so, yeah. So I know an, another thing that that we learned about you from your hobbies is that you like to read. What are some of your favorite books, and what what books have you you know read recently? Well, I always have this combination. I have mental game of books, but I also like to read novels. Like okay. romantic novels. Okay. Uh, that kind of helped me to get distracted a little bit for the, the sport life. Uh, so, yeah. Do you mean like, like romance novels or are we talking like. Yeah, romance. Like, romance. Okay. Okay. Novels. okay. Yes. Romance okay. novels. And so I have a lot of romance novels and okay. mental game books. Okay. So they're pretty much the ones that I have. Yeah, I, I, you know, my wife used to read a lot of romance novels, and you know, looking at me, you can see why she would need to do that. But uh, <laughs> uh, are, are, what are some of the? Who are some of the big romance novel writers that are that are out right now that you like to read? Um, I like. Well, I don't know how you say it in in English. No, no idea. But I like. Oh, Federico. Well, the the author is Federico Mocchia. He's an Italian. Uh, writer uh-huh and i have like six of of his novels so okay that's pretty what do you, i think i'm married to what 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 are his what's what's his formula what, what how does the book typically unfold well it's always like the the teenagers uh couple and then they grow up together and, and all that so and then they, then they then they broke break apart and then they, they break apart and then they back together ah, <laughs> yes. okay okay so you like that so, yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much what i've been reading okay okay uh mm -hmm. and we got a question uh favorite mental game book well the inner play the inner uh player uh, inner game of tennis that's oh yeah the, yeah the basic the basic ones I, yeah. I read them when i was in college and i still have it so i think that was that was really good yeah, that that's been a popular one that that mm -hmm. uh, a lot of other players have mentioned as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yes, yeah. for sure. 
I should probably read I would it. recommend that. I mean, if you if you want to start reading mental games, I think that's it's really thin and basic to under really easy to understand. So I'll recommend that one. Now, how do you how do you put that into place in in your uh, competition out on tour and in international competitions? Well, that book uh, tells a lot of the subconscious uh, part of the brain, so that helps you a lot because. You know, bowling, if you're not fully, like, calm and prepared to make a shot, something can go through the way and just throw it in a different direction. Yeah. So I, that's what I like about the book. So a lot, I a lot of, like... To understand uh, how the brain works. So I, I don't know. I, I liked it. Okay. So is it kind of like breathing techniques and how to manage stress in the moment, yes, staying sure. in the moment, things like that? Yes. I think when people think about mental game, they just think about like confidence, right? Like a lot of it's just a confidence thing. But I think there's there's a lot of, you know, technical things that apply to yeah. performance that are yeah, very specific. So you have, to, you have to know yourself. You, you have to know how you work in order to put in practice whatever the book says. You know, you have to... There's another person that know yourself better than, of course, you. So you know what's good, what's, you know, like everyone is just different. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I think mm -hmm. I'm definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I fit in, sometimes not. Uh, so for you, is it more important to think about the mental game or the physical game? What do you, what do you tend to spend more of your time? Uh, I mean, they say pros, it's it's all mental at, mental, at that level, yeah. but yeah, what do you... Yes, mental, mental game. I put more effort on that than my physical game. And then sure. what what uh, what pieces in, in particular do you spend time working on in that? I, like, I've been working on how, how I behave when I'm on a stress uh, moment. You know, like, yeah. what do I do? Like, unconscious, you know, like, you're not putting attention on your movements or on your, what you're thinking. So I like to to know and discover myself on every part of the competition on a mental game, like talking about mentally. So when I'm, when I'm stressed, what do I do to calm down? Because bowling, you, you, you don't, you're not allowed to get your stress go longer you know for a longer time for a long time so i like to to learn about managing my, my emotions also that's really good yeah it's very important people don't even think about it because there are a lot of times during a tournament where you know things can go south on you i mean i know like when you first start the tournament there's anxiety because you've been anticipating it and you yes, you know sure. you have something has to happen for you to just kind of forget about the anxiety and okay, mm -hmm. I'm in the tournament now. Uh, yeah. Let's get into our normal, you know, mental mode. And then throughout the tournament, you're going to run into adversity. You're going to run into a pair. That's not great. You're going to have exactly. to figure out how to manage bail out that game and move on to the next one. And yeah. then when you get towards the end, you're going to have to worry about, well, okay, I need 240 this game to make the cut. Uh, and then how do you deal with that situation? Are, are, are you, is there a particular piece that you're trying to get better at? Like, for example, 
throwing strikes when you need them or, you know, just, just learning how to, you know, get into the tournament a little quicker or, or is it just kind of overall you're, you're looking at I will, all of it? I will say that getting the tournament a little bit quicker, you know, like it's sometimes like I bowl the first game and I'm just like, you know, automatic mood, but yeah. you know, you're, you're losing all those uh, frames. So right. I will say that I need to get better and like, pump myself from late uh, from game one in order to to have more more room or more time to to make cut or put myself in a good position yeah i know i know when i bowled a long way long time ago like before you were born uh uh i would have to get mad i would have to like bowl bowl so bad that i was so upset and i would i would i would have like a you know, self-talk where it wasn't so much of a self-talk that you know mm-hmm. people could actually see what I was saying, but uh, it was almost it, like it took that to to kind of wake up and just get into the tournament. And then you just forget everything else. Do you do you find yourself having to you know have that moment, or is it something that you're able to do a little more uh, gracefully than than I was able to do it? Well, for ex- for example, uh, the two years that I bowl, I found in Bali. I missed the cut. I think the the first year that was 2018. I missed it for like four pins, and then the second year I missed it for like 14. Yeah. And the two year that the two times uh, I bowled bad. The first the first uh, eight games I bowled terrible, and the second I was like a base. I was on fire on the lanes, and but unfortunately it wasn't enough. Yeah. So I will say sometimes you you gotta you gotta be mad at, at how you've been throwing the ball in order to just like get that extra motivation. I don't know. Like I've been in the same in the same. Yeah, um, I mean, I've never like, seen you mad. You're always so smiley and nice and friendly. <laughs> I mean, I, I get mad sometimes. <laughs> I get yeah. <laughs> I want to see I, you throwing I, I, balls like in the locker room and you know, no, yell, say yelling like, at I'll, Sunil. I'll say frustrated. I'll say like <laughs> more like frustrated at my game. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you're not the first person that tells me that I'm always smiling. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, I don't know. You don't, you don't see it that way? You see you see yourself as being much more of a frustrated person? Well, well no, no, no. It's just that. I don't know. I think I smile like unconsciously. Like I don't know. <laughs> well, Sunil, little warning, fire. Yeah, fire I know. I'm gonna get there. fine. <laughs> <laughs> she did, but she gave you the little uh, like winky, like actually yeah, do one of you throwing things. <laughs> yeah, <'Cause> Sunil <laughs> threw things. Uh, let me tell you. <laughs> JT, I feel you're the one giving her the idea to throw things. So if, yeah. if Sunil has to come up. What kind of things? Gonna be well, on JT and like JT told me to do this. Everybody, everybody <laughs> knows that I'm the the good cop and Sunil's the bad cop. So uh, yeah, you're never gonna get anything out of me. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're, you'll get away with everything. It's like it's just like the dad daughter thing. You know, I, I won't be okay, able I'll, to. I'll look around and see. <laughs> if you can, yeah, throw the football or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's funny. <laughs> we like fiery. Yes, I prefer the fiery, the, yeah. the Pamela. Yeah. Passion. Instead of the Passion. Passionate Pamela. For sure. <laughs> next year, next year. That's a, that's a hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right. So, uh, so what, what are we going to see from you next year when the tour starts back up? What's it going to be? What are you going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. Like what, what player of the year title. Three For titles. sure. The first title it will happen next year. Okay. Okay. All right. For sure. You heard it here sure. first. You, you got to think big. Yes, you right? do. Yes. You sure. do. So, yeah. Hopefully next, next year. I think everyone will be like in general will be like so motivated because of of this pandemic. Yeah. But I'm excited. Bring it on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. (laughs) Nice. Well, uh, it's been a lot of fun having you on the show today, but we have one final question that we ask all of our guests on the show uh, before we we let you go, which is Aaron, what is our what is our question? Our final question is, and you mentioned you watched all of Netflix already, so this should be good. <laughs> uh, what, okay, re- remember that I don't live in your country, so we don't have the same shows. That, that's oh. a fair point. That's well, a fair that's... point. But, uh, you know, for the folks at home, uh, what have been your binge watch recommendations? What have you been watching on TV uh, during the pandemic? Uh, any shows you would recommend for folks to check out? Anything like that? Well, actually, right now I'm watching. But the you, I think it aired already in the in the states. But I'm watching How to Get Away with Murder, the okay. final season. So that's what I've been binging right now. But I I, I actually like a lot of uh, those uh, like uh, how is like documentals like from yeah documentary documentaries. I like those ones like the assassins and you know the killers yeah. and. That's oh, you're like true crime. Yeah, it's just pretty much. Okay. They're 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 fun. Okay. They're interesting. What's I your guess. what's your know. who's your favorite serial killer? Serial killer? Yeah. I don't have a favorite serial killer. Okay, yeah, nobody really does. But I, you know, no. like who do you find the most? Uh, that's probably a bad way to phrase it. Like you, you know, it's who would you find the most interesting out of all these true crime stories? Like what? What like the Night Stalker or? Do you... then, well, I think uh, Charles Manson was. Charles Manson. I mean, it's one of the like the famous, unfortunately, yeah. but you know the ones that everyone knows who he is. Okay. So yeah, you know, it's interesting. Right. I, I like to 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 like more of the psychological way. That's why I think it's more interesting, like the way they think, and it's just it's just yeah. I don't know the clinical history and all that. It's crazy. It's crazy. crazy. Um, there, the thing that I've I've learned by reading some of that stuff myself, and that's been kind of a fascination of mine as well, is that there's really no uh, one thing that that explains any of it. There's not an answer. Yeah, like the brain yeah. is so complex that it's just yeah, I don't know, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, Aaron, we have the headline for the uh, the show promotion now. It's it's uh, Pamela likes Charles Manson. Uh, oh, that's so uh, sad. <laughs> yeah, sorry, no, we, we won't do that to you. But uh, no, it is it is fascinating. Uh, uh, have you ever read uh, uh, "In Cold Blood" by Truman Capote? Mm-mm, okay, no. go read that. That's okay. The next next book uh, okay. recommendation. Uh, I'll write it down. I'll write yeah, it down. It, it's uh, it, it's a very famous book, uh, but very well written. But it just makes no sense what what they did. Um, it's just, and and that's that's the whole fascination of it. It's people trying to make sense of why why would you do that? Why? Would yeah, you do that? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh Lord. 
We learned a lot about you today. Oh, thanks I mean, for having me, inviting me again. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you out on tour next for year. For sure. Yeah. No, yeah. No, oh, before we, let, before we let you go, uh, where can folks follow you on social media? Oh, uh, Pamela Alvarez, MX. That's how I'm, I am on Twitter, uh, Instagram. That's how you, you can find me. What's your most active platform? Instagram. Instagram, yeah. It's easier to manage. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Photos, pretty. Yeah. So yes, makes stories. Sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> yes, for sure. Very cool. Well, Thank it's been. You. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun talking to you. Mm -hmm. uh, enjoy the fish tacos. Enjoy uh, sure. F1, all of the above, and we'll see you soon on tour. Yes, for sure. Thank, thanks again for the invitation, and we'll see you uh, pretty soon. Very good. Very good. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. A lot of fun, Aaron Smith. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's just so many great personalities on tour um, that it's so fun to get to know. I mean, even though we spend our time out there, we never get a chance to talk to anybody. I mean, you know, you tell them, hey, we need to talk to you about, you know, your 200 over block you just shot. And then you talk to them and then they go off to lunch and then you see them bowl again. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really fun to just get to, to talk to people and learn more about, you know, how, the, how they're interested in Charles Manson and uh, other other things that you might have in common with them. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's definitely been uh, one of the great parts of the podcast since uh, since we started it up in April. Uh, just getting to learn more about the players out there, uh, kind of getting to understand their journey and, uh, you know, making their way to the PWBA tour, how they kind of interpret, uh, you know, the different learning plateaus, different stepping stones you have to go through to find success out there. So uh, definitely appreciate the information, JT. Uh, you asked her what her favorite silly or who her favorite serial killer was. So that's a new <laughs> new moment on the show. Yeah, I, yeah. I, that I, that yeah. Was, uh, that's not I wasn't ready. I, was, I wasn't ready for that. No, no. But, but uh, you know, she had an answer. She did have an answer. Uh, but, you know, it, it's really great. It just shows you the depth of talent on the tour, you know, that somebody – of uh, Pamela's uh, uh, accolades that she's, you know, she's been on the national team since she was 14. Mm -hmm. um, and she's bowled well on tour, uh, but we haven't seen her, you know, break through and, and win. So it just shows you how deep the, the talent pool is out on, on tour, how hard it is to win and um, how many, you know, good young players we have coming up through the ranks that are looking to, you know, make, make their names known. 100% true. And, you know, one of the things she mentioned was, uh, and for a lot of players kind of coming onto the tour, it's, it's not so much about the physical game, but it's more about uh, understanding the moves and understanding lane play out there. And that's going to be excellent transition to your guest on Bowling Explained on Wednesday, 2 p.m. Oh, yes. So I'll let yes. you uh, talk a little more about that. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we've got the great Sean Rash on our show on Wednesday. We are just going to be talking about lane play. So we're just just going to be talking shop about how to make moves. And it's just so funny because you see, you know, the scores, you know, the standings posted on social media and all these people that are, you know, armchair experts say, oh, the lanes are so easy. And, man, if you went out and tried to bowl on them, you would think these are the hardest lanes I've ever bowled on. Uh, but the play that the pros make them look easy. And 
it's not just because they're great at repeating, which they are. It's because they, they understand how to play the lanes properly. And so we're going to get a lot of insights from Sean into how he plays lanes. Uh, what are some of the secrets that make, you know, the pros make the lanes look, look so easy uh, when they're really not. And, and I can, as speaking from experience, bowling in tournaments with, with some of the pros, they can make them look a lot easier than they look to a normal human being. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to get kind of Sean's take on how he does that, what, what kind of magic. Uh, and some of it's because of physical game skill, but a lot of it's just understanding lane play. I mean, Norm Duke is able to compete, you know, at the age of 57 or 50, is he 57? 56, 57, something like that. Yeah. That's just, that's insane. But, you know, Norm Duke is still able to compete very well um, with a 300 RPM rev rate, you know, against people like Belmo and, and, and Sean Rash. So it, a lot of it's just the secret of, of lane play. And so Sean's going to help us uh, uncover some of that in the show on Wednesday. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely going to be a great show on Thursday inside the OC. We'll be welcoming 2011 USBC Masters champion Tom Hess. Uh, I'm looking forward to that one. I got to see Tom a lot uh, during the collegiate season, uh, his daughter Megan Bowling for St. Ambrose. So I'm uh, looking forward to talking to Megan's dad and not Tom Hess uh, and kind of give him a hard time about that because he gave me a hard time out when we were on the collegiate tour. So I'm ready to give it back to him. <laughs> but uh, definitely going to be a fun conversation with Matt Canazaro. That show also 2 p.m. Eastern and then our – uh, top 20 countdown of the greatest seasons in professional women's bowling history. Uh, I, I think this one will probably get some good buzz going about it. Kelly Kulix, 2010. Yes. Uh, it's going to be number five on the list. Uh, pretty incredible. Just everything about that year was, was spectacular. So uh, definitely looking forward to the video on Friday from JT. They've all been great so far. The, the Millie Ignizio one uh, from 1967, number six, was uh, just a great learning experience for uh, you know, a name I've heard so much about, but never, uh, you know, had that deep dive into. So yeah. that was uh, that was a great video. Definitely looking forward to that Kelly Kulik piece on Friday as well. I am too. I, you know, the Millie one was a lot of fun. I enjoyed I enjoyed putting that together because I learned a lot that I hadn't hadn't you know known before, especially about her career being so short uh, mm -hmm. just because of injuries. But uh, but yeah, it's just really great great stuff. Kelly's 2010. Um, I think she, she made more money that year um, than anybody's made since the relaunch of the tour in one year, just like four tournaments. So it, it, I don't know that's for, for a fact yet because I've, I'm still doing the research for the, for the video, but I mean, it's, it's just incredible. It's just incredible. The fact that she made, she made the top five of the 20 greatest seasons of all time during a year that didn't have a season tells you all you need to know right there. So it's, it's going to be a pretty cool one. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Friday for that. Uh, that's going to do everything for our show here today for the PWBA podcast. So big thanks to everyone for joining us here, uh, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, boldtv.com uh, for our guest today, Pamela Alvarez. Thank you again for joining us. For Jason Thomas, I'm Aaron Smith. Remember, Bowl TV, bowling lives here. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll see you soon.